Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, woohoo. Hey, none of you would be here without a mom, so come on, let's, let's right? Like, happy Mother's Day. It's great to have you each here this morning, each and every one of you. Uh, it's a great day to be in church. It's a good day, sun's shining, birds are singing, and here we are. This is the fourth and final message in our Beyond series. I've really enjoyed pulling this all together and just the conversations that have come out of it, the encouragement that has come out of this series so far, and uh, just praying that today is, is the same and that you leave here encouraged. If you missed any of the messages along the way, you can actually listen to those on our website if you go on to faithhalifax.org and under the listen tab, the past uh, messages are up there for your for your uh, enjoyment and challenge and all those good things. So this week, our message is entitled Beyond Expectations. Beyond Expectations. And that can be interpreted in so many ways. It's used to describe something that was even better than we expected. And in some ways, that's a, that's a play on words. But not long ago, Pastor Debbie spoke a, a message. And in that, she explained that expectations can really be a bit of a setup for a disappointment because we, we frame expectations in such a small box that when things don't go just according to plan and things don't happen exactly what our expectations were, then we, we can become disappointed and discouraged from that as opposed to expectancy where we go into it with, with less of a box but not lowering our expectations but actually coming with expectancy and believing for something good to happen. I love that. One of the people, and this being Mother's Day, this, this works, but one of the people that we put the most expectations on, probably than anyone, is our mothers. And, and moms, sometimes you are guilty of actually putting those expectations on yourself sometimes too. And you can, you can get it so high that it's like, eh, it's, it's a challenge. So, so I, I pull a few, a few pictures together. We, we expect moms to be so many things. We've got mom the chef, right? We have to produce a culinary masterpiece every time. So I'm waiting for the slides. It's okay. Mom the chef. Woohoo! See? So we've got mom the chef, so she has to do all that. Then we have mom the cleaner of all things dirty. Yes, yes, we put that expectation on our mothers sometimes. Mom the homework helper. Right? Mom, can you help me with this? It's like, when's it due? Yesterday? Yes. Mom the hom homework helper. Mom the medic. <laughs> that, was, that was me. All, like all my growing up days, I've got all kinds of scars to prove it. Mom the referee. <laughs> Having one child makes you a parent. Having two makes you a referee, right? Anybody that's got more than one child can, can relate to that. Mom the taxi driver. Mm -hmm. Accept payment, thank you, hugs, smiles. So many things a mom can be. And of course, before there was Siri... There was, Mom, right? Anybody grow? Yes. Anybody before Siri? But it's not realistic to expect all of these things from every mother. Not all mothers are the same. People are born with diverse gifts and strengths and weaknesses. Not all women are married with children here today. There are single mothers. There are women who have no biological children. There are single... Um, there are those that are single, some by choice and some by circumstances. 
There are some that are great housekeepers and others that are gifted in business and they're CEOs and managers. There are those that are naturally nurturing and some actually have to work at it. This being Mother's Day, it's fitting to honor mothers here this morning. But I want to explain what I think honor looks like in our context. I've intentionally described the diversity in mothers this morning. I've I've described how we're so different. And I believe that it is so important to understanding honor, to recognize the diversity in people. Honor can be defined as to esteem at the highest level, to add weight to. But really, we have to understand the diversity that's around us in order to really grasp what honor looks like. So you're wondering, what's this got to do with beyond expectations? Well, this is what it has to do. Honor goes above and beyond expectations. Now, we, ha- we sometimes have a tendency in the maritime culture to try to um, kind of make everything the same. Like, we'll, we, we tend not to want to honor or elevate someone in the fear that, you know, they'll get prideful or, or you know, they'll, they'll get a swelled head, as the expression is sometimes. And, and, and we, we diminish honor and elevate sameness in the, in the name of equality. Equal does not mean the same as same. Equal and same are not the same. And to honor one does not require us to not honor another. I mean, it's my experience that that some people will tend to diminish honor, and I don't believe that that's what we're called to do. They're feeling, oh, there'll be favoritism. You'll be setting someone up for a fall. We will cause someone to be prideful. But the Bible tells us that it it is actually good to honor. It even commands us to honor in some cases. Here's an example of that. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. Ephesians chapter 6, it's going to be on the screen, and you can also turn there if you have a Bible with you. If you don't, that's fine. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And all the parents said, amen. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. I mean, that's, of course, that's one of the the Ten Commandments. So that's pulled out of the Old Testament. And in this case, it's being quoted here in Ephesians by Paul. So in this case, honoring, bringing honor, brings a blessing. And the inverse is also true. Dishonor brings pain. I mean, you can think of it this way. Mama brought you into this world, and Mama can take you out. So it's like, you know, blessed, long, right? He says you're blessed with long life if you honor your parents. The inverse is true. You see, parents are the first authority. They're the first authority figures that, that a child will encounter. I mean, that's just the natural uh, flow of things. It's, it's why it's so important to lay a foundation within the family of honor. If a child isn't taught to honor their parents, what basis do they have to extend honor to any other relationships in their lives? But when it starts at home, it lays a foundation of honor. And there's a blessing in that. Paul tells the church in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to be throwing a lot of scriptures at you this morning. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 9. Paul speaking to the church, or the the believers throughout Rome, Bless you, by the way. That was an awesome sneeze. 
Paul speaking to the Romans in chapter 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere, hate what's evil, cling to what is good. Then it says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So love, be devoted, honor one another. Honor is to be a part of the culture of the church. It's alongside love and passion and zeal for the Lord. We go beyond expectations. We go beyond expectations. We esteem to the highest level. Honor one another. Honor. Think about that. Again, this, there's, a, there's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. And this is dealing with different relationships within the life of the church. This is a different relationship than honoring one another. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Right? It's, again, this, this is honor displayed in the life of the church for those who lead. We're not to seek to be elevated. We're, we're not talking about pride or, or trying to get some special treatment or anything like that. This is, this is more about each of us, how we treat one another and how we approach one another, how we connect and relate on so many levels. Honor is something we are called to give the Bible teaches us to honor one another, not to demand it for ourselves. You see, that by looking at it that way, it, it, it kind of eliminates that danger of trying to elevate self. When we recognize, when we talk about honor, we're talking about something that we give, not something that we seek for ourselves. But honor, or the lack of honor, has a greater impact than we often realize. It affects how, how we interact with those in our workplace. It, it affects how we interact with those at, at school or university or, or at uh, other places where we interact with people on that level. It affects how we interact with our families. It affects how we look and interact with our legal system or law enforcement. <laughs> I mean, we recognize it when it's not there. Right When there's a complete lack of honor in certain cases, you know, it's, like, it's kind of easy to spot. It, it kind of shows itself more readily. But here's a way that it's expressed that you might not think of. The truth is we won't actually receive from those which we do not honor. You're like, receive? Like, what do you mean receive? I'll, I'll give you an example. Take a young person that does not honor their parents. The way that, that looks is they will not receive direction. They will not receive wisdom. They won't receive instruction. They won't receive correction from them because they, they don't honor them. They don't put any weight or esteem on what they have to say. So re rebellion and dishonor can look a lot alike. And this, this carries over into our spiritual lives as well. We read in Matthew's gospel that Jesus was limited where there was no honor. You think, well, what's that look like? Well, let's read that. Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 54. Matthew chapter 13, verse 54. So Jesus has been 
been ministering around different places. He's he started his ministry. He's been baptized. He's been traveling from town to town. And every place he goes, it's like the miraculous is happening. He's been, he's been preaching the gospel. He's declaring the kingdom of God. And there's signs and wonders and people being healed. And it's like the crowds are being drawn. Like there's just things happening everywhere he goes. And then we read in Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 54. Coming to his hometown. Yeah, coming home. Coming home where people recognize him. Coming home to where people grew up with him. Coming home, he began to teach the people in the synagogue, and they were amazed. They're like, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Right, like, they're going down the list. It's like, wait a minute, this, this is Jesus. You know, and I think of my growing up days. <laughs> And I think of some of the trouble I got into. Now, Jesus maybe never got into trouble. I mean, let's, we assume he probably didn't. But the people that you interact with, right, those, those people that watched you grow up, those people that know some of the pranks that you did and things that you broke and you might have accidentally set fire to. Sorry, Dad. Um, just different, th right? They know the history. They, they, they watched you interact with each other, and it's like, you know, there's, diff there's different things and different connections and and common, when things become common, so common, it's difficult to honor. And what happens? Verse 57. The man they knew the most. Their reaction, and they took offense at him. They took, they took offense at him. And then Jesus says, only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honor. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Lack of honor translated into a lack of faith and it limited what Jesus did in their midst. Now for a pastor, that's scary stuff. Because when I think about here, when I think about church in general, when I think about when we gather together, when we worship God, I want this to be a place where God does the miraculous, where we can believe for, for something above and beyond, above expectations. I want this to be a place where, where we can believe for God to move. I want us to be a people that's, that's known for God showing up in our meetings, but also in our lives that are around us. There's like this... this you know, the, the Peanuts cartoon character, I mean, it's not the best example, but it just popped into my head. So today you get what popped into my head. Pigpen, right? I mean, in the, in the, the Peanuts, Charlie Brown, and, Pig, and there's this cloud that's around him. Just imagine that, the glory of God, not the Pigpen cloud, okay? Like, just that the, we would all be known as, like, we're kind of walking around and there's this halo, and it's not funky. It's actually Jesus, okay? So it's the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. But there's that sense of wherever they went, right? And I just totally lost my thought. Okay, 
I want our services to be an opportunity for Jesus to bring healing, deliverance, restoration, salvation. Right? That's, I mean, is that not what we believe for? I mean, why would... I want to be a part of a, of, of a belief, a faith that is supernatural, where God is at work. Like, if we just show up and go home and, and nothing really happens, then it's like, eh, right? I've talked about this before. And I thank God for what he's doing in our midst because God is doing some great things. We've seen salvations. We've seen healings. We've seen some great things happening. And, and we're, we're looking for, for ways to be, able to, to, to be able to get those testimonies to you and to share those encouraging testimonies of what God's doing. Every week we get a prayer, these prayer cards out and we write down these prayer requests and we pray for them and, and we're believing for answered prayer and we're celebrating answer, answer prayer. So I thank God for what he's doing. But I'm still believing for more. I believe there's more that God wants to do in us and through us. I believe there's, there's more available to us. And if honor is a factor in that, then I want us to do our absolute best to get that right. Then not out of ignorance or indifference, but actually through, through a knowledge of the, of the way that God works in the sense of honor, that we can actually honor one another. And, and, and it creates, rather than an atmosphere or a place where Jesus was unable to do or did not do many things in their midst. I never want that to be said of our lives or of this church. Paul beautifully describes what honor looks like in the context of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He talks about this and, and it says in verse, 10, verse 14, now the body's not made up of one part but many parts. And, and then it goes into it and it starts to describe, you know, the ear and the eye, right? And the, the foot and the hand and all these different parts. And it's like, and we recognize in that it's a great analogy because we, you know what I mean? If, if your eye was a hand or your foot was an ear, like, you guys really want to try? No, I won't. <laughs> right? You take something and you put it in its wrong place or you try to make everything the same thing. And it's absurd to think in the body, the physical body, that everything has to be the same and look the same and do the same thing. You know, you don't want a giant liver laying up here, right? That's absurd. But sometimes we project that on this body. Well, everybody has to look the same, dress the same, talk the same, pray the same. So there's this great diversity. And then in verse 22 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to go there with me, just to make sure I'm actually preaching what's in there. Yeah, you can follow along, make sure. On the contrary as opposed to everything needing to be the same to have value. He says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Let that soak in for a second. Weaker seem, seem, seem weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern. Diverse expression. Equal concern. Different function, but equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. 
right? So he's talking about the body, and then he gets, Paul doesn't want any confusion. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. He says, I'm not talking about your, I'm not talking about this. He says, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about you as the body of Christ. God has given us a beautiful diversity of talents and calling and identity in this place. It's incredible. It's beautiful. Honor is recognizing that each one is different, acknowledging what they bring to the table and placing value on them and placing weight on who they are. We are called to honor each other. Honor up, honor down, honor crossed, honor those who lead, honor those who serve, honor those who are young, honor those who are old. You get the idea. I love how the Bible really emphasizes the idea of honoring our elders and honoring those that have gone before us. I love seeing that when there's a child that honors someone with gray hair. You just see that and you go, oh, that, there's something right in the world when that happens. But we see, the, we see the, the inverse of that sometime. Grandma has little junior at the grocery store, like the grandchild at the grocery store, and they are just, the child's ripping one side off the grandmother and down the other, and you think, oh, God, there's something out of place there. Right? We cringe. We just recognize that because there's lack of honor. But there's such a blessing in the honor that comes when we honor each other and we recognize the different things. I read earlier from Romans chapter 12, down 9 through 11, being devoted to one another in brotherly love. I mentioned that. Honor one another above yourselves. I want us to skip down a few verses to verses 15 and 16 of Romans chapter 12. And keep honor in mind as, as we think about this. Thinking about honor. Verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Now, this, this Romans chapter 12, it's great. Like, Paul lays out so many, there's these, like, you take these little nuggets and he just piles them one on top of the other of how we interact with one another. But this, this thought of rejoicing with those who rejoice and, 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 and really mourning with those who mourn and living in harmony with one another. We talk about honor, honoring one another. Like, do not be proud. It's the power of elevating others, not bringing everyone down. In Australia, they call it the tall poppy syndrome. That the idea is like if, if, some, if someone excels and like they kind of start to raise up above the crowd and they're believing for more and they're, they're, they're accomplishing things, the tendency is like, yeah, well, Mike, cut them down because they don't need to be standing up like that, Mike. Tall poppy syndrome. They'll cut the head off. They'll clip, clip them at the knees because they don't want anybody to stand up. Just let's keep it all equal. That's not kingdom culture. God calls us to be who God's created us to be. 
It's treating others according to the name God gives them. Son or daughter of God, chosen, not forsaken, redeemed, set free, highly favored. Not the label that the world so often puts on us. Useless. Addict. Cheater. Loser. So many different labels that the world throws at us. And yet God says, forgiven, not forsaken. Chosen with a purpose and a destiny and all those things. And when we begin to see people like, like that, we begin to put the, the weight on them and, and the, we honor them and we put the value on them that they so much deserve. Not because it's a way of making us some sort of a hierarchical mess, but that we actually extend that to everyone. I want to ask the, the team to come back at this point, the worship team. God speaks a lot of things over us, and sometimes it's difficult for us to hear. Sometimes there's so many other voices that scream so loud, and sometimes the idea of stilling the conversation in our head can be a challenge. But even as we continue here, I, I just pray that for each of us, we would begin to hear the voice of God for ourselves, but also for the person next to us. The purpose that we bump into on the street, the person that we bump into on the street, maybe the person we interact with, with standing in the gap and we see people on the street and for whatever reason they're there and honoring them is recognizing who they are, not where they are. And by bringing honor and dignity to that person, we actually begin to elevate them from the circumstances they're in, even if they're still there. It's true of, of us. Like we look at people and we, we, we have these criteria and we put these criteria on people and we look and we say, well, they don't deserve my honor. I mean, they're a mess. <laughs> yeah, so are most of the rest of us, if we would get real honest. But when we see ourselves and others through the eyes of Christ, we begin to see a different thing. We honor mothers here today. We honor you today. It's been through song. It's been through a flower. It's been through the message. It's been through the encouragement. And mothers are so different from each other. We celebrate that diversity. We celebrate the diversity of the, the mothers in this room who, who do it different, but they still do it. I mean, men and women are so different, and praise the Lord for that. I mean, we should honor that. I mean, I mean we, need to stop, we need to stop seeing equality as sameness and start honoring the uniqueness that makes us better together. That's a different, yeah, that's a different message for a different time. <laughs> it's, yeah, don't get me started. Although I'll take that encouragement any day. Come on, King. Come on, man. Let's honor the uniqueness that God has put in us. We also honor those in our midst that find it difficult to celebrate Mother's Day. Every time you hear somebody say, Happy Mother's Day, you cringe. You know, we want to honor you today. You may have recently lost your mom. You may have expected to be a mother by now not. You may have expected to be married by now, and you're not. 
You may have expected to be an empty nester by now, but they just won't leave. Maybe you're an empty nester today, and it's not by choice. And you would give anything to hear their footsteps coming up the step to the door to knock. To honor is to rejoice with those who rejoice. To honor is is to mourn with those who mourn. Oh, let's make this a place where, where honor is the norm, where we're willing to take a moment and actually listen or consider where somebody's really at meet them there and let's be a place where we get beyond expectations and we choose to honor even if it's in faith and let's honor those in authority as well as those in obscurity and let's honor God by honoring one another this morning can we stand together I want to pray for you folks greatest honors as a pastor, or I think even as a believer, it's the gift of prayer. To be able to pray for one another and come to the, come to the, into the presence of God and believe for one another. So I just want to pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for your love for us. God, we honor you t- today. We just, we just declare that you are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. God, you are are the Alpha and the Omega, God, the beginning and the end. You are God and you are good. And what you bring to us is are good things. And Lord, you've created us and you say good things over our lives, Lord, and you declare that we are forgiven, that we are not forsaken, Lord, that we, that we are accepted. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And Lord, whether we recognize that or not or whether we're living in that reality or not, God, it doesn't make it any less true. So God, I pray for the mothers here this morning. Those, Lord God, that have been given a huge responsibility. God, sometimes an overwhelming responsibility in the day and age that we live. God, I pray for that mother here this morning that may be feeling like a failure. When she looks at her family, when she looks at her kids, She's carrying the weight of of so many things. God, I pray that today would be a day where guilt would go, that condemnation would be lifted, and God, that your healing and restoring power would come to that mother and bring hope and bring purpose and speak destiny. Lord, for that mother here this morning that's that's scared to death, that, that... when, when she looks at the world that we live in and, and the, the media and, and just so many things around us and when she looks at her child and, and, and sees the vulnerability there as well as the potential, God, I just pray that fear would go. 
God, that your perfect love would drive out fear, that, Lord, rather than fear, there would be purpose. Rather than fear, there would be conviction that you are good, that, that, that when we commit our children to you, when we place them in your hands and your protection, God, you are more than able and more than willing to walk with our kids. Lord, we dedicate our children once again to you this morning. And, Lord, I just pray that the weight of that that is sometimes carried by mothers would be lifted. Lord, for, for, for ladies in this room, Lord, that might be expecting for the very first time, God, the uncertainty and so many things that go with that, Lord, I just pray your hand would be upon them, your blessing would be upon them, Lord, that you would walk through them every moment of their pregnancy. And God, as they approach that day of delivery, Lord, that it'll be a day of celebration. It'll be a day of, of just thanking you, God, for your faithfulness. And for those, Lord, where that has gone so wrong, God, we can't explain it. Lord, there's so many questions that go with it. God, would you bring healing and peace? Would your, would your gentle touch, would your gentle embrace come in? And Lord, God, you understand when, when we get angry about some of these things. And God, even when we shake our fist at you, God, Lord, I know that you're big enough to handle it. God, I thank you for the precious women in this room that have no children biologically, but they carry a mantle. They carry something of the heart of God in the way that they interact with others. And they're so precious and they're so valuable and they're so needed in our churches and in our community. Lord, I pray a special blessing on them, a special sense of, of your calling and that they are not somehow second rate. And God, I thank you that as we worship you, you make all things new. So God, let this be a place of honor. Let this be a place of miracles. Let this be a place of breakthrough as we continue to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.